Welcome to Brands Made Meaningful, conversations with the team at Susner about how purposeful branding inspires unity, identity, and powerful change for growth-minded organizations. Today we're talking about golf. Yeah. Full transparency. Several of us, including you and I, in our office uh, here at Susner, are golfers. We identify as golfers, and we we play some golf in golf season. Yeah, I think it's funny the when we hit the summer here, it's very oriented. Conversation seems to be oriented towards that aspect, right? Golf courses, different golf courses around the area, different golf courses around the country. You take vacations to go golf specifically. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite that intense yet, but it is interesting how much it has a peace in our internal culture here we're in minneapolis we're in the twin cities metro area of minnesota and so our golf season's short we're in the you know we're in the the upper upper midwest we're in the north um so our golf season isn't year-round like you know some of the warmer parts of the country so people here take it really seriously i actually read a stat recently in a magazine i believe minnesota is number one or number two ranked in the country with golfers per capita with people who identify as golfers i think wisconsin might have the most golf courses per capita Uh, florida i believe has the most golf courses period by 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 quantity Um, but people up here um, love their golf that's crazy you know what in honor of i think this was supposed to be episode 17 let's make it episode 18 just in honor of 18 of of golf okay and we'll talk about the the urban myth as to why there are 18 holes on a golf course in a separate podcast that we'll we'll launch at a date to be named later. Okay, that sounds good. Perfect. And but today specifically, we're talking not only about golf, but the difference between golf course branding and golf club branding. So what is the difference between golf a golf course and a golf brand? Just to start off, tell me the differences straight up. Well, any golf course any location any place that is looking to for has a brand that brand no matter what it is if there are holes of golf there i mean and i would include indoor places top golf whatever any any place that's about golf it's about the experience it's about what happens there it's about the people it's about the course or the facility but when we get into the nuances of a club versus a course then i think we start to look at the emphasis of in that perception and in building that brand the club emphasizes a membership a group of people and a course in at least for the purposes of today's conversation we're identifying as a public golf facility that's looking to attract and draw golfers to come play their course for a daily fee rate and the nuances between that is like difference between a club which we see as more of a member type brand and then a course, which we see more as a transactional or retail type brand. Exactly. And those differences we've worked with both, right? They're, they're slight and they can come off initially very similar when we talk about, okay, how are we going to approach the project? How are we going to, the process is all the same, obviously, but, but when we look at the difference between a course and a club, it's the difference of looking at, the the course as in the facility as in what it, what's the the landmarks and all those things that really pull out for the course and then the club is all about the people in my mind when we look at a club and we're rebranding a club 
it's more about what are the people, what's the community here? How are they being celebrated and what, why do they rally around golf? What is that core purpose for them? Yep. So when we look at this, talk a little bit, we, since we've worked with both, what, what do you see as the biggest challenges for one or the other? I think when it comes to, when it comes to a golf course, and that would include your, your local munis, um, your city-owned courses, resorts, and even like, you know, well-known, well-thought-of golf destinations, travel places. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the, the cost, there's still golf courses. I think that the, the primary challenge in a golf course is telling a story and representing a brand that not only represents the place, but also is designed to attract a steady stream of visitors. That's how they make their, their income. They don't make their income through their membership fees. They make it through primarily through visitors. Mm-hmm. So their logo needs to, their brand needs to s- represent and symbolize that what in some time, if it is a resort or Bandon Dunes or Pebble Beach or Sand Valley, mm-hmm. those might be one-time bucket list type trips. And that emblem and brand needs to symbolize a very singular, momentous occasion. Yeah. And, and that's the challenge. That's the key word, right? So for, for a course or a destination, it's all about momentous experience, right? This is one time. I'm going to go there. I'm going to play it. And I'll probably buy some merch when I'm there. Versus a club is something that you'll be at multiple times a week for years, and that's not awesome. really momentous. It's more every day. It's how do we communicate this story? It's not, it's not like a come here, play the best round of your life, go home and tell everybody about it every single day. It's more come back tomorrow, come back the next day, keep, keep that rhythm and routine. And so when you think about it like that, they seem very different. On the surface, they're both golf-oriented. They're both have very similar landscapes, right? When we look at courses in general, they're not like one course is completely different than another course, completely different from another course. When we look at clubs, they're so different from a a personality standpoint rather than a geographical standpoint. So when we look at courses, it's like, okay, here's landmarks that we can point out and we can pull out. When you look at a lot of club brands or course brands, they have a lot of emblems. I mean, you talk about Pebble Beach. They have the famous tree. Mm-hmm. When we did Albion Ridges, they have the this really great silo, silo on their course. So we, we kind of rallied around that. But then when you look at clubs, a lot of them don't have jaw-dropping landmarks, really. Well, clubs may have, some of them might, or, or, or they're, the history of that club has identified a symbol that represents them. And many, oftentimes, many private golf clubs also have well-known golf course designers. So, yeah. you know, so the course is known as a Donald Ross course or a Tillinghast or a McKenzie. Um, and that off also will play into um, the branding of the course or the club at times. But the difference is a, a club that people are members of evoke a different kind of emotions. And so we need to, when we're branding a club, we're taking into much more consideration 
the emotions, the needs, the perceptions of what's important to that membership. That specific group of people that are currently members, hopefully future members, um, and to a certain extent, maybe acknowledging that past. But there's a there's a different emotional aspect, I believe, in branding a club with members that are financially invested themselves versus branding a course or a destination that's looking to attract people for the first time or the second time yeah. or, or only for one time. We were talking time. about the retail transactional, whereas the course and then versus the member. And so when we, when we say member, there's a, we did a podcast a while ago called member branding or it's team member branding. And it's really internal branding where we say, how do we focus on retaining and onboarding and recruiting these kind of members onto our team we do this for organizations for employees we do this for club like uh, gyms to try to get people to come to their club and stay there a long time but then versus a course looking at a retail transactional brand it's really more how do we get someone excited about going once how do we pique their interest about just thinking about going there one time trying it out and that nuance is really different because we don't have to be focused on it's important that when they come there for a transactional thing, they come back. I mean, every brand wants to create a relationship with their customers, right? Even if you're a transactional public course somewhere, you still want the same people to come back and have that consistency, no doubt. Absolutely. But it's a different mindset because your reach is wider. You're, you're always trying to get more people in versus where a club might have a waiting list and you might have some of those things that are just totally different. But what about the difference between a golf club and a country club? Cause we've dealt with those as well. Yeah. When we get into those nuances, we define, or we look at a golf club as a private facility that's focused on golf, the, the soul or the heartbeat or the reason this membership organization exists is because there's a golf course there yeah. that they're that they're all going there that that's the thing that brings them all together a country club is a golf club that also has oftentimes a bunch of additional amenities things like pool tennis pickleball dinner additional activities that can kind of keep you at that club all day every day and appeal to a wider variety of the people in your family age groups um, spouses versus a golf club that that's a place where people just oftentimes they just go to play golf they're not going there necessarily to have dinner and to play a game of pickleball at sunset they're just going there to golf yeah it's just the why the community rallies right there's there's this interesting point when we talk to golf clubs specifically and their love for golf their love for the game versus their love for community i mean the community is a really big part of it but when we look to brand a golf club or even a golf course what do you think that other clubs or courses are doing that could be improved upon as you see them right now let's start with courses in general when we look at courses, public courses, municipal courses, town courses, how, how can they improve their branding? Because I think that the golf space is ripe for improvement. The bar is low. Yeah. As a golfer and as a creative person, 
as a designer takes a lot <laughs> to takes a lot to impress me with golf course branding. It's not done well very often. I think that the biggest challenge and the most important thing for them to do is to find a way to be distinct in the minds of the public. If I have a dozen courses to choose from to go play this Saturday, and I haven't been to these specific dozen, other than you know, other things come into play when it comes to my choice. Yeah, recommendations, location, where is it from? Is the course well known? Uh, reputation, etc. So, having a brand that represents the best of the best of all of that, but also makes it very different from the course next door so that I understand that this is a different place than the course next door is really important. And I see a lot of similarities, a lot of me too. There are a lot of stereotypical images and symbols that golf courses just seem to take the easy route and fall into using trees and leaves and golf flags and birds. Mm -hmm. The, and this is the similarities between courses and clubs is that they're all kind of getting lost in the sea of sameness. Yep. We use that term a lot, sea of sameness. And how, how are we stepping outside of that? To your point, all these natural elements, they, they come up just right away when you think of golf because it happens in nature. It happens within all these elements and, and birds and all those things, deers. I went up here. There's so many cattails, grasses, pine trees, all of those resemble the course, but it's really hard to stand out when everyone's using the same five elements to describe or to show visually communicate how they're a great golf course or a golf club. So when we look at that, I think the biggest challenge in branding clubs or courses is getting the ownership out of that mindset, mm-hmm. out of the mindset of this is about golf. It's not about cattails. This isn't about the trees that are around you because you're not here to see the trees. This isn't an arboretum. So how can we define that better? And how can we tell a visual story that's way different than everybody else? Because there's a reason why you have a club here, because if you have this club here, that that means that there's something special, Right. If there wasn't anything special, no one would join. Right. No one would come play. There'd be nothing to tell. So I think that one thing that clubs and courses can really do is be brave when mm. they when they think about how they're telling their visual story. And don't be like everybody else. You can look at everybody else and say, well, who's doing it really well and who's not doing really well? Um, but your course isn't like everybody else. Exactly. The experience, even... Their 18 holes and your 18 holes designed by the same exact golf course designer are not going to be the same. Um, the ownership probably isn't the same. The locations can't be the same. The so, staff. I think of the exactly. staff when you walk into the pro shop. Exactly. How do they greet you? That That's not the same across all of the different courses that we've dealt with. And so it's really interesting to say, how did they just fall in line with this, you say, Me Too branding? Um but it's that sea of sameness. It's everything looks the same. How does that happen? And it's the fear of being looked at as different, whereas being looked at as different should be the ideal 
um, you should be like, absolutely. I want to look completely different. So when someone says golf courses, St. Cloud, Minnesota, and they pop up five of them and yours looks distinctly different, I can guarantee you that they'll click on that one before they click on the other ones. Yep. Absolutely. And that's the goal. With courses specifically, you need to be looking at the people around you and saying, how can we tell a different story? How can we beat a different drum here? And how can you how can you then well the goal, the 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 top of that, the pinnacle, is to then create a brand and a symbol um, that people will purchase and wear to say, I've been there. And they'll the you know, yeah. people Golfers are golfers love swag. I've been to the PGA merchandise <laughs> show a half a dozen yeah. times, and the the amount of logoed stuff and gear and apparel, golfers love that stuff. And yeah. more often than not, if they come to your course and they visit it and they have a great time or they play well or they have a great experience, more often than not, they're going to come back into the, the pro shop to buy something to take away that a souvenir of that memory and make sure you can you know give that to them. Give them an up. I can't tell you how many times personally I've gone in to do that and then just walked away because it's like, ah, I just, I, you know, that, it's just not that, enough. That logo isn't doing yeah. it for me. Um, well, and you think, and I'm thinking about courses specifically within locations, like you should be different than that. When we think of clubs, it's think about the type of people you're trying to attract. That's very different. When we deal with clubs, sometimes we go, okay, how how does this need to look to be able to attract right fit members? What story are we telling so that we're attracting people that want that story? So that's where you get the nuances of country club versus golf club have to be different. Your country club and your golf clubs should look vis- visibly different. They shouldn't just have shield emblems with the monogram on them or however you want to put that because that's not telling anyone what your club is all about yeah if the stereotypical symbol of a golf course is a tree or a tuft of cattails then the stereotypical logo for a golf club is a monogram yes the two or the three letters entwined in each other and a country club i think that Mm -hmm. golf clubs and country clubs have done a really bad job of differentiating themselves which makes it confusing because some people go oh i'm gonna go see what the membership is there and they get shocked when there's not a pool well that's probably because it looks the exact same as the country club down the road so there's no understanding that it's all about one or the other even though and and so i think for a for a golf club or a country club to lean into the culture and the spirit of the membership is is critical you know on a golf course branding it might just be a small team that's leading that it might be the owner the manager uh the the management group could be the head golf pro but when you get to and so that you know there's a i don't want to say it's easier but in some sense there's might be less emotion involved in that process maybe but for a membership organization like a golf club or a country club one of the things that we've been reminding one of the clients that we're working with down in Florida is that let's keep in mind that we still need to make sure that this is attractive to the outside audience. That even though currently you have a full membership and a waiting list and you're a healthy, you're financially healthy, it's good practice to not take that for granted 
and to be thinking ahead towards who's the future of our club? What's the next generation of our membership look like? What is the excitement or the conversation that happens when you head back home to your your summer home and you leave Florida and you're wearing that golf logo on a on a on apparel yeah. and friends, colleagues, um, other or somebody you run into in the airport for that matter sees that logo and you start to spread the word of what that club is like back in Florida. When I think of industries we work with, uh, we we work heavily in sports, um, athletic. Um, I don't know if you call that leisure, but there's this there's this idea of like people. I get the question is like, so what what space is always so ripe for change, and like who's who's gonna have an opportunity to really stand out? And I would say the golf industry, not from a not from a retailing aspect, like golf merchandise and all these things, they do a great job. Mm-hmm. But golf courses, golf clubs, and country clubs have a fantastic opportunity. And the part is now, the the issue is for them that the new wave of golfers have a higher expectation for design and for experience and for brand than the previous generation of golfers did. So right now, as we move forward and these younger people start getting more into golf, the expectation for clubs and for courses and for country clubs all alike is going to be how are you standing out from a brand perspective because it's starting to become so saturated. Mm -hmm. And and I think that now is a great opportunity when you're redoing your course, when you're re-looking at how you're going to grow your membership, how you're going to grow the course and the um, how you're going to challenge the area. Look at your brand. Look at look at how you show up, um, either digitally or physically, and how you show up in your community. And how do people perceive you? Not only the way that you look, but also what do you say on your homepage? What does it say? Does it just say golf course in XYZ town? This is a golf course. Come play. Or does it tell some kind of story of why you're here and how you work with members or even just golfers in general to keep the game moving forward? Yeah, and that could be a challenge, but your creative partner will help you bring that story out. Um, I think people that are on site that go to work there every day, live there every day, like in any industry, tend to take for granted what's unique and what's special. And to get that outside filter or lens or point of view to help you articulate and bring out what that unique essence is to then help you tell that story, both in language and messaging and in visuals, can make a, make a massive difference. You know, the golf course industry right now is healthy. Pre-COVID, it wasn't in as healthy of a state as it is now. And one of the industries that's benefited from COVID is golf. And there's been a resurgence of people getting back in, starting for the first time. And I guess my challenge to golf courses and golf clubs is don't take for granted that the health is going to last forever. Sometimes the best time to revisit the state of your brand and your marketing is when you don't need it. Yeah, that's true. I And I think it's a lot of golf courses fall into this, well, we've always looked like this, the historic thing, like you said, the monograms, the shields and stuff like that. And I think that that's dangerous to say that, well, we've always just looked like this. It's tradition for us to look like this. Scary to be different. Like you said, it takes, it's going to take 
bold and brave to not look like we've the way that we've always looked. You know, we say this all the time, your story is not your history. Where you've been is absolutely part of, especially when it comes to a a club that has been around for a long, long time. I'm not saying that that history and how it was founded and where it came from isn't a part of the story, but we look at the story as where are you going? What are you about now? And where is it that this course or club, what are you about and what are you going to be about in the future that's going to continue to help you grow as an organization and attract members, golfers, visitors, staff? Final thing before we wrap up here, tell me two or three courses nationally that do a fantastic job of telling that story and how can someone take those examples and start thinking about how they can move their own either course or club forward. My favorite example um, is in our neighboring state of Wisconsin. It's the Whistling Straits logo and there's a rich history. I'm sorry. There's a rich story behind <laughs> the, this face that they've created, this old man face that represents um, the course. Herb Kohler, who developed this area in Wisconsin and the four courses that are there, ended up leaning into like a real strong Irish heritage. Matter of fact, if you're on that course, on the, on the lake, and you were blindfolded and brought in there by helicopter and spun around a couple times and, <laughs> and unblindfolded, depending on the time of year, you'd be hard-pressed not to know, that, to think you weren't in Ireland. I even think the clubhouse that they have, my understanding is they literally ship the blocks and the bricks and the materials to Wisconsin from Ireland to recreate as close as they could an Irish link-style course in the, in the, in the Midwest. So... The logo to me is completely unique. It's not like anything I've ever seen. It's distinct and yep. it's absolutely representative of the place, of the course, and of the spirit of what they're trying to do. And what I love about what they also um, did was they created a secondary mark, which is a little icon of a sheep that oftentimes shows up on a side sleeve or the back of a hat because they have live sheep roaming the course basically eating the grass on hills and areas where mowers can't get to. It's really cool. If you haven't seen any of the the logo or the branding for Whistling Straits, if you haven't ever been there, highly suggest going there. Um, even if you're not playing, you can walk around the clubhouse and just view the whole course from up um, at the front area. It's beautiful. But the logo is what depicts this figure, this figure of, got a wind right and it's this really powerful thing to say is is there history wind well no not not at all but it represents what it feels like to stand there what it feels like to be on the course it's super windy there um and that kind of old school wind has nothing to do with Kohler, wisconsin where right. it's located um it has nothing to do with the app, the absolute, like they don't own wind. They can't do anything, but it's telling a new story. It's figuring out what the experience is like there and telling that story visually. They do a fantastic job. The courses that, that have it easy are courses that have a really recognizable, iconic, physical thing on the course. If you go to uh, Bandon Dunes at Old McDonald, they have a ghost tree, a dead 
tree that's actually a tree that you aim over on a blind shot and that ghost tree has become the secondary logo for their course it's it's super mm-hmm. cool but it's not something that i mean it just they got lucky in that they have this really awesome distinct memorable piece of nature that they can lean into courses that have silos or barns or you know even pebble beach's tree i would argue isn't necessarily the greatest design in the world but that tree that stands in the middle of the 18th fairway if you've ever been there you go okay i get it now i get why that's the tree and why that tree's been here since 1919 this night next question or maybe it's a comment might force golf people to turn this off but what do you think of the augusta national brand (laughs) as it as it portrays um the course and all that stuff and why why that's a bad example for someone to aspire to be the augusta national brand yeah that's a great question we've talked about this a lot and again golfers the masters is my favorite major golf tournament of the year to watch but i would make a case that says that the only reason that the logo for that club is distinct is because of the masters tournament I don't believe that the logo of the state or of the United States with the pin flag in Augusta, Georgia, um, is distinct or memorable or representative of the experience of that location of the country, of that club's membership, and of that course itself. I think that they've had the bet, just like Nike has the benefit of a bajillion dollars of advertising and marketing budgets. The Masters has the benefit of all of the publicity and awareness that the Masters tournament generates. The experience that the Masters tournament evokes and the memories that it generates are built into that mark. That can be done, absolutely. But when you're looking at your own personal club or course, Looking at Augusta National as the pinnacle um, for what a brand in the golf course or club space could be, I think that becomes dangerous. You're absolutely right. It's almost like it happened backwards. Instead of building a, starting a brand, creating a brand to represent what it is that you stand for yeah. and then nurturing that, which is what a lot of, say, newer properties, that's what their challenge is. Augusta's logo or at least the logo for the masters has come to be known and perceived and thought of based on the 70 or 80 years um, that we associate with that tournament, especially as golf fans. So, I have it. I have it. It's in, I, I was <laughs> got won a lottery ticket to a practice uh, event tournament day there a couple years ago. So I have a, some apparel with that gear on it yeah. as a souvenir of my experience on that grounds. Mm-hmm. But does that logo specifically describe the experience of that club and being there? You know, that's up for debate. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we hop off here? I think I would just say the difference between club branding and course branding is thinking about the sentiment of I belong there versus I've been there and to think about what that represents in the visuals and the verbals and in the way you tell your course's story. Fantastic. 
All right. Until next time. Thank you. Susner is a branding firm specializing in helping companies make a meaningful mark, guiding marketing leaders who are working to make their brand communicate better, stand out, and engage audiences to grow their business. For more on Susner, visit susner.com. Thank you.